Hi, this is Brad Constantine, and this is a podcast recording of the Doctrine and Covenants of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Even though this is not an official recording of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, every effort has been made to be as doctrinally and historically accurate as possible. Every day a new section of the Doctrine and Covenants will be released. I hope that you'll visit this often and be able to share this uh, with your friends. Thank you. Hi, and welcome back to this Doctrine and Covenants podcast. This will be for section 113. I'll read the heading first. Answers to certain questions on the writings of Isaiah given by Joseph Smith the prophet at or near Far Far West Missouri, March 1838. So a little bit of background about this one first. In the story of the Restoration, the most trying of circumstances consistently brought forth the richest treasures of heaven. As the spirit of apostasy continued to grow in Kirtland, it became necessary for the prophet to flee for his own safety. On January 1838, Joseph Smith recorded, A new year dawned upon the church in Kirtland, and all the bitterness of the spirit of apostate mobocracy, which continued to rage and grow hotter and hotter, until Elder Rigdon and myself were obliged to flee from its deadly influence, as did the apostles and prophets of old. And as Jesus said, When they persecute you in one city, flee to another. On the evening of the 12th of January, about 10 o'clock, we left Kirtland on horseback to escape mob violence, which was about to burst upon us under the color of legal process to cover the hellish designs of our enemies and to save themselves from the just judgment of the law. The weather was extremely cold. We were obliged to secrete ourselves in our wagons, sometimes to elude the grasp of our pursuers, who continued their pursuit of us more than 200 miles from Kirtland, armed with pistols and guns, seeking our lives. They frequently crossed our track. Twice they were in the, in the houses where we stopped. Once we tarried all night in the same house with them, with only a partition between us and them, and heard their oaths and imprecations and threats concerning us, if they could catch us. And late in the evening they came into our room and examined us, but decided we were not the men. At other times we passed them on the streets and gazed upon them, and they on us, but they knew us not. One Lions was one of our pursuers. Almost sounds like a Jedi mind trick or something, huh? These are not the droids you're looking for. On the 14th of March, the prophet arrived at Far West Missouri, where he was welcomed by the saints. On that day, or shortly thereafter, he received the following revelation. The particular circumstances that called, in, called it forth are not known. We do know, however, that Isaiah 11 was of particular interest to Joseph Smith because it was one of the chief passages quoted to him by Moroni when Moroni initially came to instruct him. Verse 1, Who is the stem of Jesse spoken of in the first, second, third, fourth, and fifth verses of the eleventh chapter of Isaiah? The Hebrew word which was translated into English in the King James Version of the Bible as stem <clears throat> means the stalk which remains in the earth after the tree is cut down. And there shall come, this is the reading, this is the quote from Isaiah, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of, the, out of his roots, and the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of, of quick understanding in the, in the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears, 
But with righteousness shall he judge the poor and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth, and he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked, and righteousness shall be the girdle of his loins, and faithfulness the girdle of his reins. The prophet Joseph Smith indicated that on the night of 21st of September, 1823, Moroni quoted the 11th chapter of Isaiah, saying that it was about to be fulfilled. The last two verses of Isaiah 10 speak of the Lord, or, or the or the forester trimming and thinning the trees of the forest. These trees represent the power and glory of foreign rulers and, of course, their nations. Thus, the dead wood and overgrowth is removed to prepare the way for a new shoot or stem to grow out of the stump of Jesse. Through this imagery, we are invited to look at the stump of a, of a once great tree to see a new branch spring forth. In other words, after the great dynasty or tree of David is cut down, a new branch of the royal family will spring forth. The intent of this imagery is, in a veiled way, to say that Christ will be a descendant of Jesse, the father of David, and that from that stem will come a rod who will be the great prophet of the restoration. Verse 2, Verily thus saith the Lord, it is Christ. What is the rod spoken of in the first verse of the 11th chapter of Isaiah that, that, that should come? of the stem of Jesse. As indicated in the following verse, the rod represents a, a servant of Christ. The rod, Hebrew choder, grows as an offshoot from the stem or trunk of the tree. It is allowed to grow into a sturdy branch that, when cut from the tree, is used as a shepherd's staff. The point of attachment to the tree is taken with the branch and worked into a thick knot on the head of the staff, which the shepherd uses both as a weapon against predators and to direct his flock. Isaiah's imagery is a perfect description of a, of a rod that is a servant in the hands of Christ. Verse 4, Behold, thus saith the Lord, it is a servant in the hands of Christ who is partly a descendant of Jesse as well as of Ephraim, or of the house of Joseph, on whom there is laid much power. What is the root of Jesse spoken of in the 10th verse of the 11th chapter? Behold, thus saith the Lord, it is a descendant of Jesse as well as of Joseph, unto whom rightly belongs the priesthood and the keys of the kingdom, for an ensign and for the gathering of my people in the last days. This revelation must have been a source of great con consolation to Joseph Smith, particularly in the time and circumstances that called it forth. Both the rod and the root in the Isaiah prophecy refer to the prophet. We would assume both innate modesty and the sacred implications of this prophecy precluded any more direct expression from Joseph than that which... The revelation contains. By revelation, the saints were, had already been told that Joseph Smith had claimed to the priesthood through the, through the lineage of his fathers, that he held the keys of the kingdom was also known to them. That he held these keys by right, meaning birthright, was affirmed in the patriarchal blessing given him by his father. That blessing reads as follows. A marvelous work and a wonder has the Lord wrought by thy hand, even that which shall prepare the way for the remnants of his people to come in among the Gentiles with their fullness as the tribes of Israel are restored. I bless thee with the blessings of thy fathers, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and even the blessings of thy father Joseph, the son of Jacob. Behold, he looked after his posterity in the last days when they should be scattered and driven by the Gentiles and wept before the Lord. He sought diligently to know from whence the son should come, who should bring forth the word of the Lord by which they might be enlightened and brought back to the true fold. And his eyes beheld thee, my son. His heart rejoiced and his soul was satisfied. And he said, as my blessings are to extend to the utmost bounds of the everlasting hills, 
as my father's blessing prevailed over the blessings of his progenitors, and as my branches are to run over the wall, and my seed are to inherit the choice land wherein the Zion of God shall stand in the last days, from among my seed, scattered with the Gentiles, shall a choice seer arise, whose bowels shall be a fountain of truth, whose loins shall be girded with the girdle of righteousness, whose hands shall be lifted with acceptance before the God of Jacob, to turn away his anger from his anointed, whose heart shall mediate great wisdom, whose intelligence shall circumscribe and comprehend the deep things of God, and whose mouth shall utter the law of the just. And he shall feed upon the heritage of Jacob, his father. Thou, Joseph Smith, Jr., shall hold the keys of this ministry, even the presidency of this church, both in time and in eternity. And thou shalt stand on Mount Zion, when the tribes of Jacob shall come shouting from the north, and with their brethren, the sons of Ephraim, crown them in the name of Jesus Christ. That the labors of Joseph Smith stand as an ensign to which the nations of the earth gather is also a matter of scriptural promise known to the saints. Zion shall flourish, and the glory of the Lord shall be upon her, and she shall be an ensign unto the people, and there shall come unto her out of every nation under heaven. And the day shall come when the nations of the earth shall tremble because of her, and shall fear because of her terrible ones. Verse 7, questions of Elias Higby. What is meant by the command in Isaiah 52nd chapter, first verse, which saith, Put on thy strength, O Zion, and what people had Isaiah reference to? He had reference to those whom God shall call in the last days, who should hold the, pa the power of priesthood to bring again Zion and the redemption of Israel, and to, and to put on her strength is to put on the authority of the priesthood, which she, Zion, has a right to by lineage also, to power, or to return to that power which she had lost. What are, what are we to understand by Zion loosing herself from the bands of her neck? Second verse. We are to understand that the sacred remnants are exhorted to return to the Lord from whence they have fallen, which, if they do, the promise of the Lord is that he will speak to them or give them revelation. See the sixth, seventh, and eighth verses. The bands of her neck are the curses of God upon her, or the remnants of Israel in their scattered condition among the Gentiles. I bear testimony that these things are true, and that as we better understand Isaiah uh, and his writings, that uh, that will help us understand where we fit in the grand scheme of things, and as we prepare for the second coming. I bear testimony to that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. See you next time. Bye.